Welcome back. <laughs> so we don't want to grow up podcast. That is Stacy. And that's Pete. And we're excited to be here. <laughs> you look just so proud of yourself when you said that. I came up with something brand new. That's to so say. new. I've never heard I've you never say heard that. that. <laughs> Got dark in here, the shade. <laughs> You're throwing my way. Like we're still working on it. I mean, yeah, it's a constant work in progress. <laughs> I mean, look, what else do we need? We have to greet the people. We can't give you a hug. Introduce ourselves. Right. All right. If we could give you a hug, we would. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) We love hugs. So we're going to skip the week in review this week because we actually have two people coming to the front of the class for show and tell. A pair of sisters. First time ever. First time ever. Very exciting. Jen and Kathleen. How are we going to do this? Are we going to, like, for each one, go back and forth? Like, I'll read Jen's and you read Kathleen's for Uh, each answer? Or do we just, like, cover all of one and then all of the other? You be Jen. I'll be Kathleen. Okay. (laughs) Is this another dramatic reading? Yes. We haven't done one of those in a while. We need to do that again soon. We will. All right. So I have Jen. And I have Kathleen. All right. So Jen is 40 years old. Kathleen is 43. Ah, the big sister. Yep. Right. Jen's favorite 80s movie, Hello Again, which I love. Who's in that movie? That has Shelley Long. It is one of my favorite movies. I used to rent it all the time. Did you? I did. Did you ever buy it? No. Well, I bought it on Prime recently. Oh, okay. So we have it now. Digitally, yes. Digitally. But I don't... Actually, I feel like I did have a DVD of it. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway, one of my faves... Kathleen's favorite 80s movie, Peggy Sue Got Married. That has Kathleen Turner. Yes. She goes back in time into high school. Doesn't it have Nicolas Cage too? It's got Nicolas Cage as well and Jim Carrey. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Interesting movie. You've seen it. Seen it. (laughs) I see anything with Kathleen Turner. AKA you watch the trailer. Okay, I've seen the trailer. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jen's favorite 80s song, Forever Your Girl by Paul Abdul. Kathleen's favorite 80s song, we're simpatico here, Toy Soldier by Martika. Also, All Madonna and Phil Collins slash Genesis songs. Nice. So I definitely identify with Kathleen. That is a lot of your favorite. It is. I love Toy Soldiers. And I love Madonna. And Phil Collins. And Phil Collins. Slash Genesis. Jen's favorite 90s movie, Clueless. Wow. Mm-hmm. Kathleen's favorite 90s movie is Rounders. Oh, Rounders. Yeah, that's the poker one, right? Does that have Matt Damon? Matt Damon, yes. That's another one I remember seeing the cover of at the video store. Yeah. But I, yeah, I think I only saw it once. Jen's favorite 90s song, Always Be My Baby. Yeah. 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 
was on our top five Mariah list, right? Of course. Kathleen's favorite 90s songs. <laughs> All Madonna, once again. Janet Jackson, she says, I did two choreographed Janet Jackson songs in my talent shows. Nice. And Vogue and Freedom from George Michael. Yeah. Yeah, very good list. Do you have those routines recorded on tape? Please say yes and please submit them. Please Please do. do. If you need a way to get them digitized, DM me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Jen's favorite 80s or 90s TV shows, Punky Brewster, Mm -hmm. Full House, Ghost Rider, Saved by the Bell, 90210. Kathleen's favorite 80s or 90s TV shows, Cosby, Full House, Growing Pains, Family Ties, Rags to Riches, Hey Dude, yes. Pinwheel, <gasps> Saved by the Bell, and Beverly Hills, 90210. I'm actually re-watching 90210 right now. Did you write this list? Are you Kathleen? <laughs> I might be. <laughs> I am currently re-watching 90210 as well. Every time I come into the room where you're working, it is on. Because we both work at home. Right. I have it on in the background while I'm working, but I've had a really hard time lately because I'm getting into the college years that I don't remember as well. So you're watching? So I, I'm getting sucked into the storylines <laughs> and I'm like not focusing on getting work done. You got work to do. I know. Toy that Jen loved most as a child, Barbies. Can't go wrong there. I wonder how extensive her collection was. I know. And did she cut the hair off her Barbies? I'm like I did. <laughs> Kathleen's favorite toy from when she was a child, or toys, since it's Kathleen and Kathleen has a lot of options. <laughs> Merlin, Cabbage Patch Kids, Barbies, Play Food for Playing House. I loved that. Oh, the Play Food. Yes. Have like French fries and uh, like chili, chocolate and burger, milk. chocolate milk. I'm picturing like you had one of those kitchenettes, right? Yes. We had one of those too, and it was so much fun. Eggs. Eggs, yes. The two, like two eggs sometimes, oh, and right? Yeah, like cartons of eggs. Oh, like no, that. I'm picturing like the. Oh, like rubber, a fried egg. Rubber yeah, fried egg. Yeah, I had those too. Yeah, with oh, a little yeah. pan. It was so fun. It was fun. Favorite game or book that Jen loved as a child or teenager? Games. She loved Girls Hawk and Mall Madness. Same here. And books Babysitter's Club and Sweet Valley High slash Sweet Valley High Twins. What was Mall Madness? I don't think I've heard of that game. That was a game where you like, it looked like a mall and you went shopping and you like, went through the mall. I don't remember all the details hmm. of you, it. You'd play that, but you wouldn't play the game of life. Well, yeah, going to the mall is much more fun than planning your career as a child. <laughs> and making money as a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Kathleen's favorite game or book that she loved as a child or teenager. Also, Girl Talk and Girl Talk Dateline. Yes. Double Dare, Sorry, Christopher Pike, which I think is a book. Yes. R.L. Stein, Sweet Valley High, Babysitter's Club, Sleepover Friends, and all Judy Bloom books. Right. Christopher Pike is an author. It's an author. Yes. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay, Jen's favorite place to go in the mall in the 80s, 90s, or early 2000s. Trade Secret. She said she spent way too much money on hair products. American Eagle and The Gap. A very good list. Mm -hmm. It's where I shopped as a teenager. Kathleen's favorite places to go in the mall. Walden Books, Eddie Bauer, The Body Shop, Limited, 
and the gap. Nice. And what Jim wanted to add at the end was... She said, thank you for creating this community. Nostalgia is the coolest feeling, and I'm so glad there are others that appreciate and celebrate those years as much as I do. That's great. It is great, and I feel the same way. Yes. (laughs) Kathleen's closing statement, there are way too many things to limit this to. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) My sister and I live vicariously through your Instagram. We spend so much time remembering or trying to remember. All of the things from our glorious, simple childhood. Losing my dad while I was pregnant made me even more nostalgic. And I'm raising my son to have an innate appreciation for all things 80s and 90s. He already sings Never Gonna Give You Up and asks, (laughs) when is he going to become Gen X? (laughs) I loved that. I love that too. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Also, sorry about your dad. Yes. Thank you, Jen and Kathleen. That yeah, was that was fun. a lot of fun. That was good. Sisterly love. Absolutely. So if you would like to be featured in our show and tell segment, you can DM us on Instagram at we don't want to grow up pod or email us at we don't want to grow up pod at gmail.com. And you can find us on TikTok at we don't want to grow up. There is a very fun Facebook group, the Cozy Club, fans of We Don't Want to Grow Up. You can help support the podcast by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. And if you like our content, we'd really appreciate you giving us a five-star rating and a quick review. It may be annoying that we ask this all the time, but those numbers do matter for us. So if you haven't done that, please just take a few moments of your time. And share about the podcast and our social media. If you have any friends or family that you think might enjoy it, spread the word. Let them know. All right. It's that time. On to our feature presentation. <laughs> the movie that we are covering this week is Don't Tell Mom, The Babysitter's Dead. Came out in 1991. Directed by Stephen Herrick and written by Neil Landau and Tara Eisen. We're introduced to a family, the Crandalls, a group of kids whose mom is going out of the country. She's got a boyfriend that she's going to travel with. She leaves them with an elderly babysitter. And they are so disappointed because they thought they were getting the summer to themselves. Yes. This babysitter puts on this sweet, happy face when the mom is still there. And as soon as she leaves, she pulls a whistle out and she's ready to get these kids in line. She's awful. She is. Honestly, she quickly croaks. She does. She gets shocked by seeing one of the kids' rooms and dies shortly after the kids find her. And they know that if they tell anyone that she has died, their mom's going to come home and they're not going to get their summer of fun. Right. And really, it's all about them. It's all about them and their fun. So they take the old lady, they put her in a trunk, and then they put that trunk in their trunk. And then they take that trunk in their trunk. To the morgue. That felt like a Dr. Seuss book. It it did. (laughs) They leave it at the front door at the funeral home with a note that says, nice old lady inside, died of natural causes. By the way, the babysitter did say that she didn't have any family. Right. So they thought, you know, they weren't going to be upsetting anyone by not telling them about their loss. Yes. I mean, these kids don't make a lot of good choices. Right. But um, one thing they forgot was all of the money that their mom had left for them just happened to be in the lady's pants. Or pockets or whatever. She had it on her person. Yes, it was on her person. So, of course, they need money. So, Swell ends up having to get a job. She kind of fakes her way into a executive assistant position 
where she has to figure out her way through this new business world while pretending that she's not 17. A lot of responsibility comes with this job and she ends up having to try to save the company and incorporates the kids help, which causes them to actually become useful. Yes. Instead of useless. Which they were. Which they were. All summer. Yes. And they come together as a family and end up saving the day. She meets a guy along the way, you know, Lots of things happen. Yes, many things happen. <laughs> and we're going to talk about Let's talk about our them. favorite moments in just a minute. All right, cast-wise, Christina Applegate stars as Sue Ellen Swell Crandall. Joanna Cassidy plays Rose Lindsay, and John Getz plays Gus Brandon. We have Keith Coogan as Kenneth Kenny Crandall, Josh Charles as Brian, Conchetta Tomei as Mrs. Crandall. That's the Crandall's Mother who abandons them for the summer. She does and is no relation to Marissa. David Duchovny with a sweet short ponytail plays Bruce. (laughs) Kimmy Robertson plays Kathy Henderson. And Jane Brooke plays Carolyn. Ida Reese Marin as Mrs. Sturak, a.k.a. the babysitter. Sadly and probably not surprisingly, she passed away in 1998. Mm. I say that just because she was quite up there when they (laughs) filmed this. Yes. Robert Hyde Gorman as Walter Crandall and Danielle Harris as Melissa Crandall. And apologies if I get this name wrong. Christopher Petit as Zach Crandall, who sadly passed away in 2000 at the age of 24. Uh, I actually had no idea about that until we started looking into it. Chris Claridge plays Lizard, one of Kenny's friends, and Jeff Ballow plays Mole, another one of Kenny's friends. Michael Coppolo as Hellhound. Another one of Kenny's friends. I love these names. Yeah. And Alejandro Quisada as Skull, another of Kenny's friends. Yeah. And last but not least, we have Robert F. Neumeyer and Brian Riley, who were the mortuary workers. Sadly, they have both passed away. Robert passed in 2005 and Brian passed in 2011. Goodness. I know. All right. Let's get on to some fun facts. <laughs> So the movie had a budget of $10 million and grossed $25 million. It later went on to have quite the cult following on VHS and cable TV. So it definitely had legs. Yes. And again, this was one that I knew we had to cover because every time I've ever shared one thing about this movie, people go nuts about it. Big hype. Yeah. Writers Neil and Tara have said that the core idea for the film came to them in the mid-80s when Neil was inspired by the movie Risky Business. Then that came out in 83. The first draft was finished in 87 and was titled The Real World, (laughs) (laughs) which they ended up having to change because of a certain new MTV show coming out with the same name. Nice. When you think about it, because it came out in 91 and The Real World was 92, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure was already in pre-production. So the original script was actually written with Winona Ryder in mind for the role of Sue Ellen. Ah. But she was busy with both Edward Scissorhands and Mermaids in 1990 when this was filmed. Justine Bateman was later cast as Sue Ellen, but then left, and we're not sure why. Christina Applegate was cast after her Married with Children co-star Ed O'Neill gave her the script, and he was friends with uh, the producer of the movie. Good looking out, Ed. Yeah. (laughs) She's perfect for this movie. Yeah. It's funny because as you list them, it's like I'm imagining Winona in that role and I'm imagining Justine. And I mean, they're both great actresses and would have done great, but Christina killed it. And it was her first lead role and she was only 18. Yeah. Impressive. Yes. So Jennifer Love Hewitt was originally cast as Melissa, but a Disney Channel show that she was on 
which I know is Kids Incorporated, wouldn't release her from her contract. Hmm. That's not cool. I know. So this is not really a fun fact, but we mentioned earlier that Christopher Petit had passed away. Supposedly, he was already an addict when they were filming this, which is awful. so young. Yeah. And production almost got shut down because of it. A few of his scenes got cut just so they could keep everything on schedule. Wow. That's awful. I know. That's really sad. So in one of the earlier script drafts, The Babysitter's Death was supposed to be a more elaborate storyline where the Crandall children were all suspects and they all had reasons to kill her. Oh, wow. And a lot of those scenes were scaled down, but some of their motives kind of remain in the final cut of the film, like Walter having to do a book report, Melissa being forced to wear a dress, and Zach losing Cynthia. (laughs) (laughs) I really want to see. I know. I want to see like the extended version. (laughs) (laughs) So Keith Coogan was 20 years old when he shot this, which is 22 months older than his co-star, Christina Applegate. He was initially told he was too old to play 15-year-old Kenny. So he came back to the audition in stoner apparel and a wig and got the part. (laughs) I love that determination to be like, I can do this. I can do it. Plenty of people do it. And he did look, he looked younger than her. I know. It's funny to think that they were close to the same age. Yeah. In 2020, Danielle Harris, who played Melissa, said that this is the only movie that she's made that she'll actually watch if it's on TV. Oh, really? Yeah. That's fun. And speaking of Danielle, there's a picture of her on Sue Ellen's desk at work. And that same photo was used in Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, which was in 1988, (laughs) uh, which was the first of the Halloween movies that she was in. She was in four of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's Michael's niece. Ah, okay. She wasn't in the later one, was she? No, but she was in Rob Zombie's Halloween as a different character. Oh, okay. That's right. Yes. That's right. I remember that. She didn't play Lori. She played one of Lori's friends. Okay. So Sue Ellen calls Kenny a prick twice. And both times the line was redubbed to punk in order to keep the film uh, at a PG-13 rating. Yes. And you can totally see it when she does it, too. Yeah. I feel like you called it out. I did. So this isn't the first movie that Keith Coogan starred in, in which he was left with a babysitter. The first was Adventures in Babysitting, which came out in 87. And we both love it. Obviously, we covered it on the podcast very early on, I think, episode two. Yeah. Coincidentally, both films were rated PG-13 by the Motion Picture Association of America, and they both contain more than one use of the F word in a non-sexual manner. (laughs) (laughs) I love these rules. I know. (laughs) So Jonathan Landis was the first choice to direct the film, but he turned it down. He was the first of many directors to turn it down. That included John Hughes, Joe Dante, Richard Donner, Amy Heckerling, Chris Columbus, John Badham, and Joel Schumacher. So they wanted one of these (laughs) all-star directors to do it. That's quite the list. It is quite the list. But listen, Stephen did a good job. He did. This film is supposed to take place in the summer of 1990, but all the dates listed and the calendar shown in the film correspond to dates that were in 1989. (laughs) Also, the kids mentioned watching Super Password, which was not airing in 1990 because it had been canceled in 89. I love when people catch stuff like that. Yeah, that is very specific it to is. know. Be like, wow, Super Password ended in uh, May 89. <laughs> <laughs> when the movie was released on video, it had a contest in which participants would answer a number of questions about the movie, as well as rating various actors' performances. The winner, whose answers matched up the best with an official set, would win the babysitter's car. 
Isn't that crazy? That's great. I wonder who won that. I know. If they still have it. If you won, reach out. Yes, please do. (laughs) (laughs) Did the car work? It had to, right? Probably. I mean, we see them Yeah, they're driving it. Yeah. So speaking of the car, when it's being stolen by the drag queens, Sue Ellen and Kenny look at each other and they both say Liza, but they were actually (laughs) saying (laughs) Um, This was another one that was changed to keep the ratings down. I think it's funnier to see them say a different word at times. I know. All right. Are we ready for favorite moments? I'm ready if you are. Who's going to lead us off? I went first the last one we recorded, so you can go first now. All right. Number three on my list. The absolute peak level of slimy cheese that is the character of Gus. Seriously, like on top of being a complete dehay, he's always doing something weird with his mouth. Like making weird noises. Ooh, and his tongue. His tongue. And he dresses like a complete dork. <laughs> There's just nothing redeemable about his character. Nothing. He's the worst. He is the worst. And that's a favorite moment. It is. I, it's very noticeable. <laughs> I think it's, I mean, he's he's kind of like a cartoon villain a little bit. Yeah. But he cracks me up. <laughs> okay. Third on my list, the montage of Swell getting ready to go to her job interview. She's trying on all of her mom's clothes. Dragging the line by Beat Goes Bang is playing. And it's just fun. Who doesn't love a montage? Side note, I was always really jealous of people with bangs like hers and Jenny Garth. Yeah. Because like I had bangs, but I feel like they never looked like that because they're curled, obviously, but they don't look crunchy. Right. And I feel like mine wouldn't really curl good if they didn't have hairspray on them. But if they had hairspray on them, they looked crunchy. Mm. Had to be the type of product they were using. I guess. Or just the texture of their hair. I don't know. But anyway, Mm. she looked great. She did look great. You look great. Thanks. Our number two on my list, the fashion show. I mean, all of the girls come out with high levels of attitude and confidence. (laughs) But Nicole and her, like, what I've termed twisty tornado dance (laughs) is one for the ages. She went all in. She did. She goes to the edge of that runway and works it. She's like, I'm going to come out as this nurse in my really cool uniform and... Spandex. Do a little dance. Airbrushed on, they call out. This is, uh, what did they say? Fuchsia spandex with airbrushed accents or something. (laughs) And then twisty tornado ensues. (laughs) The twisty tornado. I love it. Yeah, that whole fashion show was great. Not to mention the fashion that everyone else was wearing. Yes. Like there's a moment where Rose and Carolyn are talking and both of their dresses, they both have like the biggest shoulders, like poofy shoulders. Right. Like they probably could have played middle linebacker in the (laughs) NFL with those shoulder pads. Okay. Number two on my list, when Swell and Brian bounce on the bouncy balls at the <laughs> toy store. This is the best thing that has ever happened to me. These are the colors that Anytime you get to see older people relax and play like their kids is the best. It's fun. It is. And it was a nice relief to see Swell smile and have fun in the middle of this extremely stressful situation that she had found herself in. Yeah. So it's just a nice, light, fun moment in the movie that I love. I feel like I remember that moment from the trailer. Yeah. There's a few trailer moments that I remember, but mm-hmm. that that one in particular mm-hmm. I do. All right. My favorite moment, the montage where they're cleaning and prepping the house mm-hmm. for the party. Yeah. It's actually like a really good house in a horrible state. Like these kids, I don't know what they're doing, but they are never clean. 
but they all come together. They paint the house, they drain the pool, scrub it, make it look fantastic, clean everything up, it comes out fantastic. It's a great house. It reminds me of some of the big old houses up in Western New York. Yeah, it's huge too. It is. Speaking of just how gross the house was Mm -hmm. before they cleaned it up, that house gives me anxiety. Yes, Every corner of it has something going on. It's like 18 piles of magazines up the stairs. It's like somebody is going to trip on that and go all the way down. The amount of crumbs in the kitchen. And then like they go to answer the phone and there's stuff all over the phone. I felt very relieved when they cleaned it up. Yes. The set was well-dressed for a dirty ass house. (laughs) And it just got worse as time went on because, you know, their mom wasn't there. It was already bad when their mom was there, though. Right. Right. Do you know anybody that kept magazines on the stairs? No, I feel like it was newspapers, too. Was it newspapers? Okay. Yeah. No, I don't know what the point of that was. Me either. Other than to just have more clutter because it did feel cluttered. It made me want to go clean up immediately. And our house is nothing compared to that. But I just wanted to go throw a bunch of stuff away. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite moment is when Swell is first hired and Rose tells her. Whenever we're not alone or I'm on the phone and I ask you something, doesn't matter what it is. You always say, I'm right on top of that, Rose. And then when Swell says it, I'm right on top of that, Rose. Like, it's one of the most memorable lines from the movie. Absolutely. Whenever I post about it again, hundreds of people will comment with that line. Oh, really? Yes. (laughs) That one and another one you're about to say are the ones that I hear the most. But it's good. It's very good. I love I love Rose's character, too. She's so funny. Okay, HMs, the one you were just talking about, Kenny's line right here. This is done, man. Cleans him down to the shot. (laughs) I remember that one from the trailer as well. Yes. It's a good one. It is. Well, and he's being a jerk face, like throwing the dishes up and shooting them like they're clay pigeons. Yeah, I can tell that I've gotten older because I used to think that was funny. Right. And now I'm like, young man. So wasteful, so destructive. So destructive. All right, my first HM. This is small, but when the two groups of friends, like Swell's group of friends and Kenny's group of friends, pull up in front of the house at the same time, just the juxtaposition of of the two, you've got these fashionable girls and these stoner- Metalheads. Metalheads. They look dirty. Yeah. You know, it's just fun to see. It is. And then, of course, like one of Kenny's friends kind of hits on Swell and she's just like, in your dreams. <laughs> so on that front, but later on, the little sly look that Nicole gives Kenny after she sees him all cleaned up. She's she like, does. oh. Yeah. She's like, okay. That's right. <laughs> when Swell answers the door to find Mrs. Sturak there and she says, I'm the babysitter. The quick zoom in on her face and she just is like, What? <laughs> And then she closes the door. She's like, mother. (laughs) And then it cuts to everyone out in the front yard. Her mom's saying her goodbyes and swells just laying on the lounge chair, fully clothed, smoking a cigarette. Also, I love her sunglasses there. Yes. All right, next HM for me, how upset Kenny gets because Swell was not home on time, didn't call, didn't let him know he had prepared this fantastic meal. And I just love how they've both grown up and Kenny just needs some time and attention and some love from his sister. (laughs) How the tables have turned. Yes. 
This is another small moment, but when Bruce and Carolyn pull up to the house for the fashion show and Bruce looks over at Kenny's friends, Mole, Skull, and Hellhound, (laughs) (laughs) who were there as like the valet, right? But he says, Yo, mad dog, you want to park the car? And Hellhound says, we're on a break, dude. And Mole says, Yo, park it yourself, Metallica Brett. (laughs) Metallica Brett. (laughs) I just love it. It makes me laugh every time. All right, next one for me. It is another small moment, but when Swell quits her job at Clown Dog, first of all, cleaning those grease buckets was absolutely disgusting and repeatedly disgusting. And that boss of hers was a piece of work. (laughs) (laughs) But she did have her family depending on her, so it was very irresponsible. She should have had a job lined up before she did that. But I support her move in quitting that job. It sucked. Oh, it was awful. Yeah. But also, why do you keep spilling the fat out? Yes, it was really gross. Like, put it in the sink. She just kept repeating the same thing. Yes. Rinse it, maybe. (laughs) It it made me want to gag. It makes me want to gag just thinking about it now. They did a great job of doing some really gross but normal looking stuff. Yeah. Like the house, the grease bins. Like, well done. Top three gross moments of the movie. The house, clown dog, and what's his face? Gus. And Gus. <laughs> Gus's tongue. Gus's tongue. <laughs> this is another just funny exchange when Rose says, So, Ellen, have you ever had a 48-hour orgasm? No, I've never been to Santa Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my final HM, and this is another small one, but I love the fact that the mouse on the computer was considered state-of-the-art. <laughs> Now, they were a little bit behind because a mouse had been out for a few years, but it does take corporate America a few years to catch up. So it would have been state of the art in the office at that point. (laughs) Okay, I love Swell and Brian's date to the beach for the Grunion run. That also made me smile because they do that on 90210 as well. So it's a real thing. It is. I only have eyes for you as playing. I don't know if it's cloudy or bright. love their awkward kiss moment mm-hmm. and the fact that they talk about how it's awkward, you know, but they still make it happen. It's just a sweet little moment. I like it. It is. Another sweet little moment. The way that Zach calls his girlfriend, Cynthia, a moon goddess. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me laugh so much because he's so young. But I mean, when you're that young and you have like, it was real for me at that age. Right. You know, he buys her a diamond ring with the petty cash. With petty money. cash. Yes. I guess that was redundant. Petty cash money. and when swell's like you need to get the ring back and he's like diamonds are forever (laughs) (laughs) also reminds me i don't know if i've told the story on the podcast but when my boyfriend in the fourth grade i think he was third and fourth grade but jeremy gave me his mom's ring and it was like a big old ring and my mom saw it and was like uh (laughs) i don't know i don't know about this so she called His mom. Yeah. We actually like, they had started coming to our church, so she knew his mom. (laughs) And it turned out that it was her ring and I had to give it back. You did have to give it back. Did he get in trouble? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much trouble he got in, but I know he was like upset that he had to give it, that I had to (laughs) give it back. But I still have the box, a little velvet box, and it has a note inside it that says, the box that Jeremy gave me the ring in. (laughs) (laughs) My first piece of jewelry. There you go. (laughs) And my last one, it's not a fun moment, but when Mrs. Sturak is like, it's time for little girls to dress like little girls, sugar and spice. 
And Melissa walks out and she's in like this pink frou-frou dress and a big bow on her head, which is total opposite of how she likes to dress. Right. She's pissed and she just flips her off and slams the door. I love that. I'm like, yeah, you show her. That's right. Not having any of that. No. Mrs. (laughs) Sturak. Wish you'd die. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we've got a new little section that we're going to add to the end of our favorite moments. And these are just things we noticed. That are of the time. That are of the time. That like really like you wouldn't see it in a movie now. Right. Telling of the time, I guess. Very telling. So my first one, I love how well Kenny's room is decorated. Now it is a mess, but that's to me accurate. Right. I could see friends of mine that had this exact room. They had all the rock and music posters up. They had their nudie posters. Did you have nudie posters up? I was not allowed to have nudie posters. I was going to say, I didn't think. Even over at my dad's house, I didn't have that. But I had friends, more than one, where I would go in and there was just nudie and rock posters up all over the place. Run DMC, Naked Chicks. Drugs. Drugs. (laughs) All of it. Yeah. He had a lava lamp. And I also love how on one of the nudie posters... There was like a spider on one nipple. Yeah. And then one of those skeletons that you wind up that his teeth does <laughs> yeah. the little chomping thing. Right. And it was on on the other nipple. Probably what they had to do to keep it PG-13. Yeah, mm-hmm. I bet. Okay. The first thing I noticed was Mrs. Crandall is holding a Fisher Price barn while yes. she's out on the porch. I had that barn. I did too. You can still remember like the sounds that it made and stuff. I found a thing on YouTube. That would go through all the sounds that that oh, playset made. I love it. That's great. <laughs> Next thing I noticed, the California Raisins bedsheets, or better known as the L.A. Grapes. <laughs> <laughs> if you have been with us for a while, you've seen where I posted this conversation that Pete and I had. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even remember. It was like some... We were watching like a Dave Matthews concert or something, and they went into some song and you said, oh, this reminds me of, you're like, what what are they called? It's like a a grape from LA, LA grapes. (laughs) And then I (laughs) cried laughing for about an hour. And I was like, you mean the California raisins? (laughs) Listen, oh, they're distant cousins in the same state. (laughs) So now every time I see the California raisins on anything, I crack up. So great. Same here. <laughs> the next thing I noticed, Walter dumping a whole box of tricks. Oh. Like it's in the bowl, but then it spills everywhere looking for a prize. Yeah, I don't I, know if kids do that now, if they even put prizes in cereal. I would doubt that they do, but maybe they do. I don't know. I never did that. Now, I might have dug my hand in there, which I was gonna is say, very I didn't, unsanitary. I didn't dump it out, but I dug. Yeah. I don't know. It made me laugh, though. Probably would have been better to just dump it all out. (laughs) (laughs) No. I'd have gotten in big trouble if I did that. But I didn't get in big trouble for digging through with probably unwashed hands. I mean, if you could dump it out into a bowl big enough that it wouldn't spill everywhere. Right. You need a big prize and then pour it back into the box. That's no issue. But this was like everywhere. Yeah, it was just all over the table. Mm -hmm. It was a very kid move. It was. Next thing I noticed when Swell is looking through... The newspaper for a job in the classifieds. Yes. Very, very specific to a time long ago. Yeah, for sure. So (laughs) this is kind of funny. All right. I was young, (laughs) but I do remember looking through the paper for jobs. And I was with some friends of mine and we came across like these jobs for being an escort. And I didn't know what that was, (laughs) but it looked like it paid like really well. So 
in talking to some people, I thought, oh, you just go out on dates with people. Like, oh, I'll get yeah. paid to go on dates? Okay. I was like, oh, I can do that. <laughs> My friends there convinced me not to do that. <laughs> so I, I never actually applied for that position. But I do remember seeing it in the classifieds. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Okay, speaking of bedrooms, Swell's bedroom, cutouts from fashion magazines all over her walls and closet. When she's laying on her bed, coloring in a fashion magazine, while she's talking on her see-through phone. Yes. This is the second time I've mentioned that today mm-hmm. while recording. I want one of those babies. I know. And the floral comforter in her mom's room. Again, just makes me think of all the catalog bedroom sets Right at that time. All right, next thing I noticed... Road Blasters, the arcade game. So this was something that they had at Barber's, which is a place I would go with my dad on the weekends. But it's a very fun like car battle game, you know, where it had like a car yoke and you had guns on the top of your car. You have to blow stuff up. But they were playing that game in one scene in this movie. Is that when they were at Chuck E. Cheese? Yes. Yeah. Chuck E. Cheese was another one I had written down, Mm -hmm. even though I think Chuck E. Cheese still exists. It does. I just wonder if it's still magical like it was to us. Uh, The last one I went to was way different than the one that I went to. It was a lot brighter and like wide open versus the one we had had like rooms that you would go to and it was always like dark. Oh, mine wasn't dark. Mine had like the room where you set an eight and had the performance by the animatronics. Yes. And then the other room was the big room. It had all the games and the ball pit and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm probably misremembering ours, but I feel like there was the performance room, there was the arcade, then there was another like back room that had a roller coaster in it and more animatronics and you would eat dinner in there and stuff. Like Fancy. Very fancy. I loved how Walter loved to watch all the TV game shows. Yes. He's watching like Super Password, Win, Lose, or Draw at some point, either that or Pictionary, but I'm pretty sure it was Win, Lose, or Draw. Yeah. And then later when they're flipping through the channels, it's like Donahue and then Julia Child. And Swell later complains to Kenny that she's missing Oprah Winfrey every day on her summer vacation. (laughs) Again, something that I don't think kids or teenagers care or think about at all. Game shows and talk shows. Yeah, I would agree. And those are two episodes that we recently recorded. And they were Um, a lot of fun doing our research for. They were. But it kind of makes me sad that like that's not a part of their lives anymore like they just want to play a game on their video game console or their phone or whatever yeah i still don't know what's going to be nostalgic 20 years from now for people that are teenagers or a little younger at this point well i think they'll have things i just feel like it will be slim pickings slim pickings all right i noticed swell typing up her resume Mm -hmm. on the typewriter it was great it was and she was not a good typer so she was not it was very slow super slow She must not have taken keyboarding in middle school like I did. In middle school? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. I typed a lot for various reasons ever since I was young, so I never needed a typing class. Oh, I mean, that class was probably one of the most useful ones for me when I think about it, like as far as something that I still use today. Yeah. Every day. Forget about English. (laughs) (laughs) Christina's eyebrows, right? This was before we all started tweezing the heck out of them. Yeah, they were not tweezed. No, they were quite full and combed up, up, even like at the corner. Yeah, like an angle up. I noticed that. It went up. And I was like, I wonder if that was like a trend at the time or that's just the way that hers hers went and it didn't really matter in the early 90s. I don't know. Good catch. We both noticed the enormous bottle of perfume. Yeah. (laughs) And the very period specific hair dryer. Yes. 
That was in her mom's room. It was. I'm just like, you must really love that perfume if you're going to purchase a bottle that big. That's like a 20-year supply. I wonder how much that would have been back then. $75. It's so expensive now. Like a yeah. bottle like that now would be like $250 or more. Absolutely. Depending on what kind it was. Right. And my last one, just on the shelves at the toy store, I assume they were at Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. I feel like I even saw what looked like it could be a stuffy of Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Okay. But I definitely saw Pound Puppies and Garfield. Yes. And Alf. So that was fun to see on the toy shelves. That was very cool. Like those shelves were well stocked. Yes. All right. I got two more. I noticed everybody smoking in the office and it was (laughs) totally cool. No second thoughts about it. Very common. That's so strange. It is strange. Times they have a changed on yeah. that front and we can leave those back there. Exactly. Sorry if you're a smoker and you want to smoke around everybody. I'm glad you have to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and final one for me, the kitchen chairs that they had. We had those kitchen chairs. I am famous. <laughs> you are famous. <laughs> I am so famous. <laughs> <laughs> can I have your autograph? Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Just get in line. <laughs> it's always fun, though, to see something like that, that you're like, I had that. <laughs> the best. And I remember... Sitting on those chairs after coming in from the pool, because this was at my dad's house, mm-hmm. and the top back mesh had like these, it was like circles. Yeah. So you'd like lean back and sit there. And when you lean up, <laughs> you'd have this big circle pattern yes. on your back. I feel like someone I know had those too, because that's very <laughs> familiar. So that's all for Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. That was fun. I'm glad we got to watch it. Yeah. I hadn't seen that one in a very long time. So it was nice to revisit. Yeah. So- That was a summer movie of 1991. I figured that we could list some other summer movies from 91. Alrighty. Wasn't there just something magical about a summer movie? Yeah, they are great. And it's why it's usually the biggest movie season because people love going to the theater in the summer. Yeah. And a lot of times, well, at least now they do special deals on like a Tuesday or whatever. Yep. But anyway. So, movies that came out in the summer of 91. We have What About Bob? Thelma and Louise came out in 91. Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken. Soap Dish. One of my faves. Yes. City Slickers. Jungle Fever. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Dying Young. The Rocketeer. The Naked Gun Two and a Half. The Smell of Fear. (laughs) (laughs) Problem Child 2. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. One of my absolute all-time favorites. Boys in the Hood. Point Break. I remember seeing that in the theater. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Hot Shots. Doc Hollywood. Mystery Date. And Child's Play 3. What a summer for movies. I know. There's not any of those on the list that I wouldn't want to cover other than uh, Soap Dish. Sorry. (gasps) Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which one of those would be your favorite? Uh, T2. I mean, I love Soap Dish. I used to rent it a lot, but I mean, what about Bob? Yeah, that's a really great movie. It's so funny. So that one, yeah, that one's that. that one's on there. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I went to the theater for that a few times. Point Break. It's a, a good one. Yeah. Robin Hood. Doc Hollywood. Oh, that's uh, Michael J. Fox. Yeah. I went to the theater for that. How old were you in 91? I was 14. Summer of 91? Summer of 91, 14. I was 11. Hmm. Just babies. I probably went to the theater for a lot of these. I didn't as much being 11. But, but they were all once. I feel like I saw Robin Hood maybe in the theater. Mm. And I saw Point Break in the theater, like I said, with my sister. Yeah. But other than that, I think they were a lot of rentals. This is the summer where I was cleaning the lady's house down the street from my dad's house. 
every Saturday mm -hmm. for three hours, and I would make $3 an hour. I eventually got a raise up to $3.25. <laughs> but yeah, that's where my movie money would come from. Nice. You know something I just remembered the other day? I was looking, you know, I follow a lot of nostalgia pages because sometimes things will spark memories for me. And I was seeing, like, different food products from that time. Yeah. And I saw, like, ice cream toppings, right? Which I know they still have, obviously. But it's not something that I typically, I mean, like, yeah, we have a bottle of Hershey's syrup or right. something. But, like, I remember for a special occasion in the summer, like, a friend was coming to spend the night. We had rented movies and we got stuff for ice cream. And we got, I remember getting like butterscotch topping yeah. and strawberry topping and fudge topping and, and, you know, like little candies and stuff like that to make our own little sundaes. What about magic shell? Yeah. I didn't like that as much because I didn't like the hard. Oh, that's right. I forget. You yeah. don't like crunchy. No. I love magic shell. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it just, when I thought of it, it, it gave me that summer magic feeling. Yeah. Of like, we'd swim late, you know, and it was starting to get dark or whatever, and then come in and change, but like your hair is still wet, and then making ice cream and going to watch a movie. Yeah, you're all sunburned. Yes, so good. Very good. Memories. Well, that wraps it up. It was a great episode. Good job. Good job to you. <laughs> we'll see you all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.